Well, welcome to The Journey. Uh, this is uh, a show that we have uh, put together over the last three years, and we have had the opportunity for uh, guests to come on to The Journey. And uh, this today, we have a special guest who I just recently met. Her name is Sherry Barch. Um, she has a, a wide variety of backgrounds. She's a mom, she's a wife, uh, she's a CEO of a couple of different companies and also an author. And that is why we're going to be talking with Sherry today. So Sherry, uh, welcome to the journey. Um, and uh, I've already, we've already had a couple of conversations. So I'm really excited about us being able to uh, talk today. And I know we have a, a handful of listeners that will be uh, also intrigued to get to know you as well. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, so Sherry, uh, I always start off whenever we have a guest asking, so if Sherry is caught having fun, what <laughs> is, uh, what, what's Sherry do for fun? If you have an opportunity for fun, what do you do for fun? You know, I am a big admirer of talent. So I love concerts and musicians and museums and artists, <clears throat> excuse me, from school plays to Broadway plays. I, I love it all. So I'm, I'm really all about being in the audience and being able to absorb people's talents. Um, so usually I'm, I'm pretty eclectic in, in what I'm doing. Sure, sure. So now when you were growing up, were you involved with the arts at all? Or how did, how did that, well, you specifically talking about the arts, I know it's probably not limited to that, but were you involved with the arts at all growing up? No, not really. I have a, I have a reoccurring nightmare that um, I'm in a talent show and it's talent night and I literally get on stage and I have no talent. I can't juggle. <laughs> I can't sing. I can't play a musical <laughs> instrument. Um, but if you reverse that, I think I'm one of the best audience members and fans that you ever meet. So gotcha. I think I've just always enjoyed being entertained. Gotcha. Well, I, I can, I resemble that because I, I, when I was growing up, uh, when I was in college, I lived with a, a heavy metal band, a rock band, and um, I couldn't play any instruments. Uh, I was a bodybuilder at that time. So I would, I would go to the shows, help set up the shows, help manage uh, as far as setting gigs up, but I never played any music. And then later um, when my daughter started getting into musicals, um, and my, and my wife, Diane, was helping out backstage. I attended multiple shows of her shows. And, um, and I, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a theater dad, but um, I did uh, thoroughly enjoy and recognize the developmental process that happens on a run of a show that from the beat from the first opening night to yes. to the last uh last show or the weekend or or a, or a second weekend um how the cast comes uh even more together as as the weekend unfolds yeah that's it's amazing there's so much talent out there and so many people that are passionate about being able to have a forum and a stage to be able to share it so i love it and now sure you have you have three three children four children I have three boys. Three boys. And their ages are from where to where? They are currently 25, 23, and 20. Okay, gotcha. And are were they involved with the arts, involved with sports where, when they were younger or maybe even now? Uh, yes. You were a fan of them, of course, but what, yes. what activities that were, were they involved in? So my oldest was an artist. So we have a, an art room that we've always had where it's a, just a creative room where there's always markers and chalk and paper and 
watercolors and he was always creating. So our, our whole house is full of his art. My middle child was a, a, an athlete. So I would go to his games, like you were talking about with the play, you know, to watch him progress and get better and better. So in, in you know, to be a spectator and understand he, he played basketball. And then my youngest was actually in the theater. So in grade school, he was um, Scar in The Lion King um, and played lead roles. And now he uh, plays the guitar. He's played the guitar since he was 15. And, um, and he's a sophomore at Minnesota. And, um, you know, COVID is actually, he came back his freshman year from being locked up in the dorm and having to eat in the dorm and stay in the dorm. He came back playing Santana. So oh. <laughs> there was a practice room in the basement of the, the dorm. So, you know, there's the, the good and bad, but he, uh, so, so yeah, they all have their own artistic qualities and admirable traits. So it's been fun to kind of watch them grow in their own different ways. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I, and I, I can, I can definitely appreciate that as well. My wife being an artist, both my son was, uh, got a minor or close to a minor degree in printmaking. Um, oh. and, and my daughter was in the performing arts and she will sketch and draw and he, and Caleb's just as, uh, just as talented that way as well. But he played, um, uh, competitive sports. He was a uh, hockey wrestling and then played football all the way through college. And, oh, and so, wow. so it so, was, uh, I got, I got the best of both worlds. So yes. it, was good. it was good. Yeah. So, but again, it all fits into that just ability to help provide space for that growth and that confidence. And, um, I love it. I'd love to be able to admire that talent. So speaking of admiring talent, uh, <laughs> for a living, right, you have a couple different companies. And, yes. and, and tell us just a little bit about what you do with your companies uh, uh, or what your companies do. You're the CEO. So uh, what, is your, what do your companies do? Sure. So I have three different organizations, uh, two that are recruiting companies and one that's a leadership consulting company. And they, they're all intertwined. One specializes more in healthcare executive leadership and search. The other is um, more of a regional firm that sits in Philadelphia and does a non-healthcare work. And then the leadership consulting company is something that wraps around both of those organizations and helping assess leaders, but also stands on its own as far mm -hmm. as being able to um, create opportunities for cli our clients to hire our team of coaches and help their leaders be more efficient, more effective. And, you know, as of late, actually cope with some of the, the, the crises that COVID has created. Sure, sure. Especially absolutely. in the healthcare yeah. firm. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, admiring talent, right? This is another right? way that in the, in the business, in the business world that as you've continued that as well, uh, admiring, admiring talent, and then being able to help place them uh, with organizations that would sounds like be a good fit for them. Right. Place them and help develop them at the <clears throat> internal candidates as well. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, what's so interesting about the work, not unlike what we were talking about earlier, is, is you get to meet all these very interesting people that have their own story mm -hmm. and their own journeys and their own pathways to why they're doing what they're doing, why they're at the particular point in their career that they are. And it's just fun, but it, it is all about storytelling and your ability to tell your own story, but also to listen and be able to be curious and create um an understanding of maybe motivations and aspirations. 
so it's a really fun, fun uh, career. Over the, over the over the break, I was reading a book and it was talking about um, the secret of uh, the secret of leadership, and it talked about that. Um, that the foundational piece, I'm just simplifying it, but this, the foundational piece of leadership is character. And, and the part that most people are going to see is going to be the skills of that leader. But if the character isn't there and it's only focused on the skill development, um, it, 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 it'll be hard for people to want to be a follower of someone who just has a lot of good leadership skills, but does it hasn't really developed that character um, to, to for them to be able to follow that. So yeah. um, so I, I am and I imagine that's part of what your 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 one organization from leadership development, that's what you guys focus on. Yes. Yes. Almost that executive presence and yep. that ability to be able to convey your vision as a leader. And you know you can still have the competencies, but you have to be able to convey that and be able to allow people the opportunity to understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in your in, in your in, in the little bit of downtime that you have, uh, besides being able to be a fan of of the arts and, and sports and stuff, you uh, you wrote a book, and um, and I had the good fortune uh, in the last couple of weeks to to read that book, and I was. I, I'm always impressed with stories. I love listening to people tell their stories, hence why I started this, uh, started this podcast. And the story that you wrote, the book that you wrote, is called Heaven's Bell. And uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about, you know, where Heaven's Bell came from and, I, and it, the concept of Heaven's Bell and kind of just give us a little bit of background on that. Sure. Um, it, it's a story that I had always had with me since I was a kid. And I always had this, this story that whenever I lost someone close to me, or even somebody even in the neighborhood, um, I always just had this imagination that I was able to ring their bell in heaven, and they would hear it and they would know that I'm thinking of them. And um, through the years, I told the story. Um, actually, I actually talked about the story a lot, but I only told the story three times in a meaningful way to someone that I thought could, uh, would, would benefit from hearing the story. Okay. And um, the third time I told it, the, the person that I told it to said, you need to write it down. This, this story needs to, to happen. And, you know, I, I didn't identify as an author. I'm a storyteller. I was actually working on another book that I started prior to Heaven's Bell because I tried to, um, I tried to get a book coach to be able to help me write the Heaven's Bell story. And she said, no, I don't do children's books, but, you know, tell me more about what you're trying to accomplish. And so I started this other book. But then when COVID hit, I just thought this book has to come out. This book needs to help, especially the children. Um, I think it's for all ages, but for the children, I think just to be able to have that story, to be able to um, lean into it and talk about it. And, and the three times I told the story, it were, it was more for children. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think COVID just finally made me say enough's enough, if not now, when, and um, I became an author. There you go. <laughs> Voila! <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I and I think that's sometimes how it works, right? Is that we, you know, and and we talk about, you know, the the journey is really named after Joseph Campbell's work, The Hero's Journey. And we'll talk about Campbell talks about this idea that 
that many times we will get a nudge, we will get a, a prompting to do something. He refers to that as the call. And, and typically, even though we may get excited about it, we may, we, we may think of the possibility, typically we're going to refuse the call because it stretches us out of our comfort zone. We exactly. Start, we start doing the what if. What if it doesn't go well? What if it failed? What if I don't have what it takes? Whatever it may be. Um, yes. 100% accurate, Kevin. That's exactly, I had so many barriers in front of me. I'm not an author. You know, what if this doesn't turn out well? What if people don't like it? What, I mean, all those things that you, you go through. But um, I think my desire to want to help people finally outweighed all those barriers. And the call to action for me was, was COVID and timing. And I mean, we were with a team, we were able to get it out very quickly. Well, and I think the idea that as you started with this was that, that you want to help people. And, and if it, if it ends up being the thing that is calling us is just that to see some unknown person that it might help might be a light in their darkness, yes. then, then that in itself allows us to have the courage to face our own demons, um, which is part of our own journey, right? And we all have them in spite of, uh, uh, in spite of people thinking they've seen us with success in other areas. Um, the current battle is, <laughs> is, is just that, you know, the current dragon is the dragon we're facing at that moment. Yes. And it's not even seen to others yep. you know, because you're, you're, you're busy putting all those um, stops in place when they're just make believe. Yeah. 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 Very much our perceptions, right. Of, of, of the things that are holding us, holding us back and trying to, trying to protect us when in actuality um, there's not much protection if we're stifling something that's bigger than us inside us. Yes. So. Yes. Even with good feedback, you know, I, I had really strong feedback from the times that I did tell it. And um, I know that was tucked back in my brain somewhere. And I think I drew on that positive regard to be able to push through, like you said, those, those demons or dragons mm -hmm. and um, uh, release the story. So what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, I would like to, for, for our listeners, I'd like to read the original story, which is part of the book, uh, Heaven's Bell, if that's all right with you. Sure. So uh, the original story that you wrote down, um, if, I, if I remember correctly, you told me that you wrote it in 10 minutes. Um, it's the story that had been in your head. And like you said, you had shared it uh, uh, three times before that. So um, you didn't write the whole book in three, in 10 minutes. You just wrote, the, no, no, you wrote no. the story story in 10 minutes. So, right. um, so, so let me go, let me go ahead and read the original story. Uh, your, your heaven's bell. Do you know what happens when our loved one dies and go to heaven? Well, they open their eyes and see bright, beautiful bells and hundreds, maybe even thousands ringing. Heaven's bells are ringing and welcoming your loved one to heaven. And your loved one is smiling and so happy to be in heaven, surrounded by beautiful bells and the music they make together. And as you and each one of, your love, of their loved ones down on earth say goodbye, a bell is hung in heaven. And guess what? Did you know what? Every time we think about our loved one, one of their bell rings. It does. Your bell has its own special ring, 
your loved one will always know you are thinking of them and sending your love when they hear your heaven's bells ring. Each ringing bell represents one special relationship on earth. Each bell in your loved one's cozy place in heaven represents someone they may have helped, shown kindness toward, or loved, a, love that, a life that they touched. These relationships and memories keep the bells ringing. As the years go by, one by one, the bells slowly stop ringing. As the bells become old, worn out, and silent, our loved one in heaven becomes more and more excited. Yes, excited. You see, when all, all their bells in heaven stop ringing, it's because all of you are together again in heaven. It's a big celebration in heaven that day with dancing and singing and probably cake too. Think about the bells you are creating all the time, every day. Maybe you create a beautiful bell for a neighbor when you help them or for your friend who is sad and needs your help. Your, act, your acts of kindness and every relationship you develop will create bells for you and your special loved ones. Creating your heaven's bell gives happiness here on earth and makes music in heaven. Go find opportunities to create your bells and think of your loved ones often so you can ring all those heaven's bells already hung in heaven. So Sherry, I, 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 could, I could go in a lot of different directions um, with, with that. Uh, and, and probably most immediate I could go to is um, uh, approximately two months ago, my dad died. Oh. And, um, and there has been more than a couple times uh, since I've read the book that now um, when I think of my dad, uh, I'm now it isn't just me thinking of him. It's, it's me having reframing that as if he knows. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, so thank you. Yeah. It's like you're going to, you're getting me choked up. <laughs> Didn't know I was going to even talk about that today. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, Good. Like, but oh, okay. Yeah. But I do believe, I think that was your intent, right? Your intent yes. was that um, for wherever the, the reader's at, that they are able to then now have a possible shift in their perception about, uh, about life, about uh, afterlife, about heaven, about loved ones, um, all those things. And that, and that really is what happened when the book went out. The book is a quick read. I mean, you, I mean, what, an hour? Yeah. maybe yeah. hour 15 if and it's it's there's little pictures in there it's kind of like a hardy boys you yeah. know here's a little sketch picture and and you read it what was so interesting to me and what's developed i think more of my desire to want to talk about the book is the feedback that i'm receiving random emails and and voicemails and emails it isn't about the character development of cody or it's, it's, it's what the story does to the reader. Mm -hmm. When you're done with the story, the reader is in a different place. Yeah. The reader has the opportunity to be able to imagine what to do with their thoughts and their memories and apply it to maybe using their own courage to have conversations about the person that they lost. Um, I had one mom who said she read the book and after she read it, she realized that she was never talking about her mom because it always made her sad. And she has two young girls that never heard about this wonderful person because she never wanted to be sad in front of her daughters. But once she read the book, 
she was able to use the story, but then also frame these wonderful memories of their grandmother that they've never met um, in a way that mom's happy and I want to hear more about grandma. So it's just, it's a catalyst. It's a tool. And I, I knew the reaction I received from the, the three times I told the story verbally, but it's happening with the book. It's, it's, it's just amazing. I'm very, very happy. <laughs> it's making a difference. We just need to get the word out there. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, and I can definitely, you know, that was my experience. I mean, I read the book and I appreciated the book for, for the story. I appreciated the book for the, for the, um, for, for the, for the message that was there. And then, and then as, as the, as the couple of weeks have gone by, I noticed that the story was really impacting how I was, uh, um, thinking about my dad, thinking about my father-in-law, thinking about other individuals in my life who who are in heaven, and so it it was it 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 did exactly what you said. It now had planted a seed, and yes. it and it gave me an opportunity to frame it differently. So it was, and I think this is a part for me as a therapist that's important. Um, it, it wasn't an intellectual exercise. Um, meaning a lot of times when we talk to someone about grief or we, we talk to them about uh, it's, it's okay. They're in heaven with, you know, with God or Jesus or whatever your belief system is that, that there's an intellectual piece to that um, uh, a cognitive piece to that, but this allows it, this, what I, what I took away from it, it allowed it to be um, more of a, an emotional response to it more um I, i'm on one hand maybe a catharsis but it it, it allowed it to be a, a plane in which i could then um have a different line of communication um with with my loved one um and, and feel that and feel and yes. feel that and, and so there there was something different about that and um and, and I don't, I'm probably not doing a very good job putting it into words right now. But No, I, I think that's a great observation. And that, that truly is, I think, where those responses come from. When people are done with the story, there's, you know, I've heard people describe it as I'm, I'm, I'm I even I had a hospice grief counselor say, you know, I do this for a living and I don't think I'm ever going to think about my loved ones again without ringing their bell. And it's just such a peaceful place to think about and, and be able to move, move forward with my memories and move forward with my thoughts versus, you know, maybe have that kind of striking grief that kind of shuts down that, that emotional plane, like, like you talked about. I had one person, uh, a gentleman, probably in his early 50s tell me that he read it and didn't realize that he was reading it on his mother's birthday who had passed. Mm. And he said, I've always, I've always been bad showing my emotions and really not wanting to talk about death and dying. It's just not something that my family did or that we talked about, but he said, it, it gave me, it gave me courage. It gave me a place to be able to start from to say, no, I do want to talk about my mom. Mm. And um, I just, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's really geared toward eight to 12 year olds, but I'm getting more feedback and response from really the, you know, the adults. Yeah. 
And I think the adults liking it then can talk to the children. Right. So it's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. Well, Best laid plans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think, you know, as you, as we've talked before, you know, death, death and dying, uh, grief, these are all things that in our society, specifically our society, we don't do a very good job of talking about. Right. Um, kind of in the example that you gave earlier is that I, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And then I don't want me being uncomfortable making someone else uncomfortable. So, so we have a tendency to suppress those things. Um, and then this, and just put in, attempt to put them into a box. Um, and so I think the, the story um, allows it to be able to have, again, a platform or a frame in which that it's, it's a way of honoring our loved one. Right. You and know, I've, I've even had people say to me, I don't want to read the book because I know, I know somebody's going to die. I know it's about death and dying and I don't want to be sad. Mm-hmm. My own brother said that to me. I said, hang mm-hmm. on a second. So, so I walked him through the story, you know, without necessarily ruining it, but had to like give him some training wheels around the, the story so that he was able to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to read it. You know, and then as a big brother does when he was done, he's like, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it, really, it, it really is about Cody and Ashley and, and the book lives in parallel universes. So Cody is in heaven, kind of heaven. It's, it's, it's not necessarily about God and Jesus. It's outer space. It's what an 11 year old would describe heaven as with grand, you know, great hallways and the bell room. And then Ashley's on earth missing him, but also living her long life. And the reader gets to go back and forth between the two and how there maybe is an interconnection between the the two universes. And then in the end, they come together again. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. There, there's a part in the, in the book, and maybe you could explain a little bit. There's a part in the book where, and I've listened to other people share these stories in counseling, um, where there is uh, an opportunity for an interaction after Cody's in heaven and, and Ashley is, is attempting to do life, but missing Cody um, because they were best friends. Um, there, there was a moment in which there w- was uh it would be, we would refer to it as an interaction between the two of them. Maybe you can explain a little bit about that and, and what was, how did that come about? Yeah, I think, you know, I think all of us have either experienced or been told by other people that, you know, um, there's a vivid dream or there is, you know, something that happened that reminded them of the individual that they've lost. And it, it's real to that individual. And I think Ashley experienced that where there was an opportunity to, to really want to talk about it. And her parents play a very strong role in this um, book. And, and the parents gave her the opportunity to be able to talk about it. She also journaled about it. And that in, tied into the other universe that the book is talking about. So we're able to kind of tie that all together and realize that however we want to validate that, and experience that it's okay it's okay and that's really what the book is trying to convey that there's many different ways that we that we grieve and and how we express that if we as as 
people that love one another can can build that safe space. And however we want to express it, that's really important. And I think in that place that you're talking about, that's what she was experiencing. And her dad let her and talked about it. Yeah. And, and he agreed. And, 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 and encouraged her to, to share about it. And, mm-hmm. and that I think that, you know, it was a huge, you know, example of the benefits of writing things out, journaling and writing those things out. And, and then also the huge benefit of how uh, an adult can come into a young person's life or a person coming into another person's life and being able to create space for them to, to share that story. Because it, once again, yes. it, it, it crystallized that experience. Yes. And I, we even put, I put journaling pages in the back mm-hmm. just in case when you're done with the story, if there's things you do want to write down or things that you're thinking about, um, it's a place to be able to capture those or draw. There's also drawing space. Cause I don't know, you know, some, yeah. some people draw, some people write, some people talk yeah. and it's, it's a space to capture that. So I think, and I've had, you know, different people over time, you know, tell me, like you said, there, there may be someone who says that, that every time they see a cardinal, that, yes. that, that reminds them, or I have another friend of mine who lost her son to suicide. And she, when she sees a dragonfly, uh, the, the dragonfly and uh, is representative. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, for me, as I was going through a, a certain developmental, uh, spiritual development time period in my life, when I would uh, see a feather on the ground uh, that, you know, obviously wasn't, wasn't intended to be there, um, uh, that would be my connection with uh, with God, that that would be a, a grounding or a reminder. And so I think yes. being able to have it, open up that pathway, open up, invite people into that each person's going to be a little bit different. Um, I've, I've, I've interviewed individuals who've had near-death experiences and I've read about uh, the research on near-death experiences. And when individuals have those spiritual experiences, those, you know, could be a near-death experience, could be something that may not be near-death, but it's clearly a spiritual experience. Their world has changed. Yes. Yeah, they, they don't look at the world the same way ever again. Right. And there's a confidence to that. There's a belief there that they can move forward with and they don't have to convince anyone else. But where we can support that is really important because we're all seeing our world and our universe and our journey completely different. It's not the same. And there's space for all of it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, kind of just with that aspect of it, this is, I think, you know, you said about the time period of this story being put into print um, during COVID, during a pandemic, we're still dealing with that aspect of, we're still dealing with a lot of things that are going on economy-wise, political-wise, health-wise, you know, a lot of uncertainty. Um, This story is a story that can be utilized to to ground um it's about kindness yes it's about someone who who dies um and but it's a happy ending there's there's it's you know there there is sadness but there's also you know there is this aspect that there is a happy ending to it yes as my as my sister-in-law was also trying to convince my brother look yes it's there's some sadness in it but the majority of the book is about those parallel paths. And she said, the, 
the way she described it, which was pretty cool, was the overwhelming amount of peace at the end of the book moved me um, in a way that I haven't been able to do since my mother died. And one of the three stories I read was to um, or that I talked about verbally or orally was to my niece who shut down when her grandmother died mm. and they were worried about her because no, she wasn't talking. And so I just came in with a bell and told that, that story that you read mm-hmm. very briefly. And she immediately started talking about her grandmother and that she was on a young horse in their backyard around a young Oak tree and her hair was Brown and she wasn't in any pain and she, her head was back and she was laughing and you could have heard a pin drop, but what it took was to move from what was happening to that ability to imagine mm-hmm. and to allow space for those, those, that artistry, right? That, that voice, that young child to, to have a forum that she felt safe enough in to go, yeah, here's what I think. It was, it was really moving. But I like the way my sister-in-law described it at the end to say, it's just, it's an overwhelming piece. Like if we can choose to be upset and sad, can we choose to maybe bring some of that peace along with our grief? Mm-hmm. And not that it's going to go away, but maybe they can ride together. And I'm, I'm hoping the story at least provides a little opportunity to do that. Well, and I think that is sometimes where... Uh, when I was trained in, in to, to working with individuals who are grieving is part of the training was to invite people to tell me about memories of this person. Okay. Tell, tell, tell me about, tell me about grandma. Tell me about, uh, you know, Bobby, your friend who, who, who died. Tell me what, you, why was she your friend? What did you guys do together? What was the fun things that you remember? one it made sense to me to do that because it was it was me getting to know the person that they were sad about right and and i think later recognizing what was happening within the person is that the person was sad because they had cherished times with them more times than not it was those cherished times is what they were sad about now sometimes they're they're sad a person said about what never happened, right? There's, right. it's, a, it's about lot. It, yeah. Never things that never happened either one, because the person wasn't capable, you know, at the time for whatever reasons, um, or they, they were, you know, they, they happened a few times when the person who's grieving want them to happen more times, um, whatever that may be. But I think either, either way, it's an opportunity. It's a platform in which to invite people to, to talk about it or to draw about it or to express, you know, their thoughts and feelings about it either, either way. So, so, so Sherry, tell me if, if you could, um, we're at the beginning of 2022, if you could, uh, if you could throw something out there at the beginning of 2022 that you would like to have happen with heaven's bell this Mm -hmm. year, what what would you like to happen with heaven's bell this year? You know, I, I, I go back to helping people and, and for me, it's so many people have experienced tragedy with COVID and a lot of children have been 
um, you know, have experienced loss. I think about media and, you know, what they're seeing on TV, what we're all seeing and what we're all experiencing. So I think for, for me, it's getting the word out there about this story and getting it into the hands of people that are trained like you. Um, you know, I'm not a grief counselor. I'm not a social worker. So I view Heaven's Bell as a tool for you and others like you that are making a difference to use and in, in any way that they see fit. And then I think about, um, you know, our hospital workers that are, you know, holding up devices to patients and their mental well-being. And is this an opportunity to help them? Um, so I think 2022 for me is I, I just I'm on a mission to be able to share the story in any way that we can. Perfect. Well, we're going to do what we can on our end to try to, try to help you accomplish that this year. Um, and so um, so one of the things I'd like us to do, if, if we say this in the air, maybe we'll we'll commit to it then um, to have you back on the show um, at least at least two more times this year um, to see how things are progressing and um, how, uh, how things are going with it. If someone wanted to get a copy of Heaven's Bell or be in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, Amazon, so you can go to Amazon and, and, and purchase Heaven's Bell there. It's, it's also an audible. We did an audible as well, just because depending on the needs and, and, you know, sometimes people take in more, uh, uh, you know, listening versus reading. It's also Kindle and then paperback, um, or you can go to heavensbell.com and read more about the story and me and, and, you know, other quotes that people might, um, might entice you to look at it or think more about it. Perfect. Well, Sherry, I'm so impressed with the book. Yeah, I, I looked on your website. Your website is it looks great. It's it's www.heavensbell.com. Uh, and then um, and your contact information is on there. And uh, yep. so look Sherry at heavensbell.com. Great. If you want well, to reach out. Perfect. Well, I look forward to more conversations and look forward to hearing more stories about how this particular story has helped people uh, to celebrate when someone passes on and being able to honor them uh, and honor their, their relationship and honor their life. So thank, thank you again you. for being on. And so. thank you for your support, Kevin. I appreciate it. As always, um, you know, for anyone who's listening today, definitely take the opportunity to check out uh, uh, Sherry's uh, Heaven's Bell uh, website and and take a take a look at the story as well as purchasing the book. You never know; um, either yourself or someone else may need to know this uh, know this story to be able to share with uh, someone else as well. And uh, as always, thank you for being here, and I look forward to you uh, being with you again next week. Perfect, Sherry. Get, oh, that was so fun. Give Thank me, you. Me. And I, got, I didn't mean to get so emotional about your oh. dad, but I didn't know anything about that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that was such a big compliment. And, and it make, it fills me up that you're thinking about that. So yeah, that, sorry. That, that is okay. Give me just one second and we'll wrap up, okay? Okay.
so um so i think what we're oh we're still recording our way <laughs> let me go ahead actually that's okay we'll we'll just edit it at the end but um so I, I i think it turned out perfect everything that everything that we wanted to do um yeah i had no idea that i was going to have that reaction <laughs> either but it happens that's fine that's fine no, it's, it, it, thank you thank you i appreciate you being vulnerable enough to share that so uh, I think what we're going to do is I think we're going to go ahead and release this next week. Um, I'll have it. I'm going to shoot for it to be released on Monday. On Monday. And, and then, um, and if you, and, and part of the reason is, is that I think one of the things that have, have helped, helped uh, to get more traffic on it, because I have a couple ideas of what I want to do after I release it, or maybe I'll even do it ahead of time. We'll, we'll see what I do. But um, if, if you can, on your platforms, go ahead and let people know that it's coming out next week, yep. um, then that way we'll kind of lead people into wanting, you know, to look for it. And yes. then, um, and then we'll make sure that we have all your links and everything on, on the website as well. And then we'll, you know, so if you can do that ahead of time, I will, um, I will go ahead and, um, I will, uh, uh, I will go ahead and release, you know, release it next week, do a little bit of promotion of it. Um, uh, I, I, I wish there was a way uh, I'm, I have to think through this, but I like, I like just the shorter version of the story mm-hmm. of being able to even get that message out. I don't know how many words, how many, what would you guess the word, how many words would you say this in the short story? Oh, I would say 250, maybe not okay. even maybe 300. Okay. And there is a, there is, oh no, no, that was a different one. I, I, because the audible, I mean, it's recorded. I did it. Well, she did it. There was an actress that did the heaven spell original story. Okay. Um, but are you thinking about wanting to share that in writing or share that in? I'm thinking about sharing it in, in my mind, I was thinking about sharing it and writing, but, but I know that sometimes, um, you know, may, maybe what we could do, I can, I can think about it, but maybe what I'll do is I will, I'll, I'll send it, you know, write part of it out and then, and then to see more, go to your website, kind of okay. like do something like that. Because sometimes if, if a story on Facebook or, or Instagram is too long, people won't read it. Right. Right. You know, so I don't, I wouldn't want, you know, but if we can give it, give it a little bit of a, a, a like a teaser, then that may, that may be something too. Yeah. And let me see, let me think about it as well. Maybe there's a way that I can capture it um, or a piece of it that, um, you know, can be ready to go for you. And then, um, and then also just make sure that I'm tying in whatever you would like, you know, as far as the, you know, the, the time, the podcast and, you know, be able to go on and review it and um, get that out as well. So, I mean, the more, more listeners we can generate, the better. Perfect. Yeah. So, well, Sherry, again, thank you. And um, we will, uh, well, I, I, again, I think it went really well. I think the story stands on its own and, um, and then our conversation, I think about it, I, I think went really well. It was like, I think it was about 30 minutes. So it was like, perfect timing of it so um Good. So we'll get that out next week and then um and i'll and i'll uh copy you on or you know whatever that's called tag you on on everything as well yep and i'll do the same so i'll make sure that we're 
we're helping one another. And, and, and thank you again for taking the opportunity, taking the time to read it over your holiday. And I mean, it was just, I think part of why I think it went so well was because of, because you took the time to read it. And I just, I really am grateful for that. So thank you. Not a problem. And uh, so, yeah, if any, any time, you know, we'll, we'll stay in contact though, as this, as this unfolds, we'll stay in contact with it, but I, I definitely would like to set up some times for us to re revisit, um, you know, revisit the story, revisit um, how things are happening with getting the story out um, throughout this year. Yeah. And Kevin, if there's, if there's opportunities that you see that you believe the heaven's bell story would help someone, or maybe a, you know, somebody that's in charge of, you know, let me know. I will absolutely on your behalf, send the book out and say, Kevin asked me to send this to you. You know, if that helps get the story out there, but also helps you do what you do. Um, I'd be more than willing to support your, your advice there. So just let me know. Perfect. Sounds good. I know one of the thoughts just, just came to when I stepped out was, um, my daughter is just starting next week at Stone Creek Elementary. And um, so she, and one of the things that they asked her to do for K through third graders is to, to work with them um, on different, setting up different types of groups because of social emotional reasons. And one of them is a grief group. And, um, and not that she would read the whole story, but she could read the short version of the story. And, and she's, she's the one that I mentioned was the actress. So she could, she could, she could add in some of the, the animation of it. Well, what's interesting is my friend, uh, is the principal at Roscoe middle school. Oh, really? And so she, she, at the end of the beginning of the break mentioned that there's a grief, there's a student grief. Uh, group there that she wants the book for so and she also said she would put it into the library so you know I I mean I can send it to you I can say to Julie you know make sure it gets to Stone Creek okay so it's interesting my son is at Roscoe Middle School um, providing counseling services for them and then and so I wonder if that's the group that that he's going to be I wonder if that's one of the groups that he's going to be doing, or maybe it's a social worker that's going to be doing it. So we'll, we'll figure out. He's also the one as my producer for this podcast. So, Oh my um, gosh. So we, so, so it's, co- al- it's already there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then just to add another clinky dink. So the, the house that's next to stone Creek yep. that has two horses. Okay. That's my brother and oh. sister-in-law. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Aven Dixie. Okay. Aven Dixie. Dave and Dixie. Okay. All right. Perfect. This is, yes, this is interesting because, well, Julie, I knew Julie crap because of, uh, uh, she worked out at the gym when I was working out at peak and I would see her sure. in the morning and then we know each other, you know, there you go. Of, Cause I'm a school social worker as well. So, um, so there's a lot of connections there. So, yeah. So how do I get the book into the schools? I mean, that, that I would love to be able to, you know, if there's, well, I think we, we, we may be able to help help out from that because right now we're in six school districts. Um, and so, uh, so, so we'll, I would we'll, donate those. I mean, I would, you know, if there's tell me who to send it to or send it to you or whatever, but I would, I would be so appreciative of that just to get it out there. So we will, um, I'll be talking to my staff and that's just my Rockford site. I have offices in Milwaukee and the Appleton Green Bay area as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on how we can, yeah. how we can. And that's where Julie lives now. Julie, I mean, she still works at Roscoe middle school right down here, but she lives in Milwaukee. Oh, does she? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. So well, perfect. Small world. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I'm so excited. You can, I'm just already blown away and it's the third. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So we will, we will do everything we can to make that happen. So, uh, so all right, Sherry, I appreciate all right, it. Have a good day. Okay. Thank bye you. Bye-bye.